KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota Dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places. Good morning. I'm Anna Kukolbert. It's Wednesday, May 25th, an app to circumvent public records laws. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. The San Diego City Council unanimously passed a resolution Tuesday declaring San Diego a safe city for access to abortion. The vote is in response to a leaked draft opinion from the U.S. Supreme Court that indicates the high court plans to overturn Roe v. Wade. The court's decision is expected later this summer. Also on Tuesday, the San Diego County Board of Supervisors voted 3-1 to one in favor of calling on California to add abortion rights to the state constitution. San Diego County is expanding its free menstrual products program following a year-long pilot program. Free for Menstrual Equity was started last May to provide free pads and tampons in dispensers at county-owned facilities, including community centers and libraries. Under the pilot, 24 dispensers were installed. The county plans to install more dispensers at additional county sites. A recent study showed that nearly one in four U.S. students struggle to afford menstrual hygiene products. Point La Jolla and Boomer Beach are closing down for the annual sea lion pupping season. The pupping season runs May through the end of October. The San Diego City Council approved the closures on Tuesday, which was authorized by the California Coastal Commission in early April. The closures are intended to ensure both the health and safety of visitors and the sea lions. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. KPBS On Demand is supported by the University of San Diego, offering professional and continuing education courses in the areas of business, education, healthcare, and engineering. For enrollment opportunities, visit pce.sandiego.edu. If you need to communicate with someone online, but you want to keep it a secret, an app called Signal is a good bet. It's fully encrypted, meaning messages can't be downloaded or shared. But what happens when government employees start using it? KPBS investigative reporter Claire Tregesser examines how officials might be using Signal to circumvent the public's right to know. Just after noon on a Monday last June, two city council staffers had a text exchange. So nice to meet you today. I'm shocked you're a campaign person. Jared Miller-Sklar wrote to Caitlin Willoughby. I know I am young, but if I am following in your footsteps, that is definitely a great sign because you have done some great things, Willoughby responded. Then Miller-Sklar gave his junior colleague some advice. Download the messaging app Signal. Def download signal. It's preferable for me for communicating about campaign slash work stuff or, of course, just the tea, he wrote. The California Public Records Act says most communications about government business must be available to the public. So if Miller-Sklar is sending work messages via signal, 
those messages are very likely public records. But when KPBS asked to see them, he said he didn't have any. There should be policies in place um, preventing them from using Signal to conduct government business. This raises bright red flags for Shayla Nathu, a lawyer with the open government advocacy group Californians Aware. It's a means of like avoiding disclosure to the public under the CPRA. It's like um, it it kind of flies in the face of like transparency and government accountability. She's also deeply troubled by a signal setting that permanently deletes messages after 30 seconds. After they're deleted, there's no record um, of that communication on either the actual device um, or or on a server. And that um, that renders a search for public records, um, it renders that impossible. Miller Sklar declined to do an interview for this story, but answered questions by email. He said people in his office do use Signal, but not for government business and not during work hours. However, in his text to Willoughby, Miller Sklar specifically mentions work stuff, and he sent those messages just after noon on a Monday. Records show other staffers in Campio's office also use Signal. They frequently wrote things like, just texted you on Signal. Yeah, I'll send it to you on Signal. Or once, putting this here to send on Signal because, good lord, this was wild. San Diego County Supervisor Nathan Fletcher's office also uses Signal constantly for communication about government business, from a staffer asking for the office key code to talking points for Fletcher's State of the County speech. Fletcher's office provided all those Signal messages in a response to a KPBS public records request. They could have a clear, bright line which says if you're doing public business, do it on the public agency's own system. David Loy is the legal director of the First Amendment Coalition. He's troubled by the widespread use of Signal by Fletcher's team, even though they are open about it. But he's even more concerned by Campillo's office. The execution operation of the Public Records Act does depend to a large degree on agency good faith, and the California Supreme Court presumed that agencies would act in good faith. And if they are not, that in fact, that undermines and defeats the purpose of the entire system of open government. A bigger issue is the public wouldn't know about government signal use without evidence like what KPBS obtained, emails and text messages that specifically mention the app. Nathu, with Californians Aware, joked it's like Fight Club. I feel like first rule of using signal as a public official should be don't mention that you use signal. (laughs) Claire Tregesser. KPBS News. To see more examples of messages, go to kpbs.org. San Diego is eliminating two of the five proposals to redevelop the sports arena property in the Midway District. KPBS Metro reporter Andrew Bowen says the city council signed off on that decision on Monday. City officials already have a favorite proposal for the 48-acre property just north of downtown, Midway Rising, led by Encinitas-based developer Zephyr. It would build the most low-income housing, which state law says has to be the priority. Councilmember Joe LaCava says that project still needs a full vetting. We need to call the list so that we can focus the limited dollars and time that we have available to really figure out whether these 
top three really have the wherewithal to pull off the projects that they have so enticed us with. The city hopes to select a winning bidder before the end of the year. Andrew Bowen, KPBS News. The San Diego Board of Supervisors voted unanimously on Tuesday to create a $10 million grant program that's aimed to help cities build homeless shelters. The county will provide behavioral health services for any new shelters. Officials say they want to move quickly and fund projects that are ready to go. Supervisor Tara Lawson-Reamer says it's an unprecedented step at a time when more and more people are becoming unsheltered. I just want to uplift this um, as, a, as a really important initiative. I think the point in time numbers last week reinforced what we've already known, that we're in a dire homelessness crisis across our region. Data from the point in time count shows over the last two years, homelessness has increased by at least 10 percent, now at a total of 8,400 people. Just under half of that number aren't in a shelter or any type of supportive housing. Coming up, San Diego's largest school district has new indoor masking policies. We'll have that story and more next, just after the break. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. San Diego's largest school district is trying to decide if it's time to bring back masks as local COVID-19 cases rise. KPBS's Jacob Ayer has more. Starting May 25th, indoor masking may be required at certain San Diego Unified schools or throughout the entire district, depending on newly added COVID-19 case count scenarios. School Board Trustee Richard Barrera says the district is aiming for a balanced plan to keep students safe and healthy, but also in person for learning. It's important to say we are not anticipating uh, in any school right now uh, that the indoor mask mandate would be in place. We think it's not likely that we're going to see it happen before the end of the school year, which is in three weeks. SDUSD says that families will be notified if their schools or the district reach those certain levels. The new rules would apply for the rest of this school year, as well as summer school. Jacob Ayer, KPBS News.
A new report is out showing which car companies are sued most often using California's Lemon Law. KPBS reporter John Carroll talked to one San Diegan about her own lemon horror story. The report from three public interest research groups shows between 2018 and 2021, General Motors was sued the most, one lawsuit for every 78 cars sold in the state. Toyota was sued the least, one suit for every 2,029 vehicles sold here. Claremont resident Kim Lane and her husband felt filing a lemon lawsuit was their only option after their 2018 Dodge Ram pickup kept having electrical problem after electrical problem. They had to hire a lawyer, and the whole thing took more than a year to resolve. These auto manufacturers are taking advantage of this misfortune with people to punish them for speaking out. And that's not right. It's not fair. John Carroll, KPBS News. That's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Annika Kulbert. Thanks for listening and have a great day. KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego Osher Lifelong Learning Institute, hosting an open house to learn about the upcoming classes and seminars, member benefits, and meet the volunteer leadership team, Saturday, March 30th. Registration at extendedstudies.ucsd.edu slash O-L-L-I.